Hello, welcome to episode 5 of This Remote Life. I am your host, Darren Cronian, and wow, it has been a month since we launched the podcast, and the response has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so, so much for your support. It It's blown me away, to be completely honest. If you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast with anybody that you think will benefit from it. In today's episode, I'm going to be sharing five benefits of working from home. In my case, I am currently in Hong Kong, which is an amazing city, but more about life here later in the podcast. Please listen to the end because there are another two excellent questions by listeners for me to answer. But for now, let's get straight into the benefits of working from home. Number one, flexibility and freedom. Oh, freedom. (laughs) I love the freedom. To get your freelance career though, or your business off the ground, you are going to have to put in the hours to make it successful. But working remotely gives you the flexibility of being able to work the hours that you want to work. Work in the morning, do the things you love in the afternoon, then come back in the evening and finish off your hours for the day. Some people like to work throughout the day and have a social life in the evening. The choice is completely yours. No disagreements with work colleagues on the office temperature and other office politics. Listen to the music while you work. Have a break when you want to and eat your lunch at a time when it's convenient to you. When I think back, it is ridiculous that we weren't allowed to wear headphones and listen to music or podcasts while working. And I've lost count the amount of times that there were disagreements because it was too hot or cold in the office. Number two, you will save money. Yes, of course, you will see an immediate difference in your bank account when you don't need to bear the cost of commuting. But you'll also find savings in other areas. You won't have to force yourself into a suit and polished shoes anymore if that's not your style. No more separate wardrobes for work and the rest of your life. And you can also save on food costs since you'll be able to whip up your own lunch (laughs) or coffee from home. If you want to live abroad and travel, then you could visit places where the cost of living is considerably cheaper than where Rome is. So for me, exploring Southeast Asia or Eastern Central Europe for six months is considerably cheaper than spending a time living in England. And let's be honest, it's more fun too because you get to experience new cultures, food, and meet new people. Number three, your office is anywhere you want. You will probably work from home if you work remotely, but that doesn't mean you have to fill a corner of your living room with a huge desk, monitor, and an ugly chair. You can fit your office wherever it fits in your life. I've heard about a remote worker who uses his kitchen breakfast bar as a standing desk, which is good for your health by the way, and one who has converted part of her bedroom closet into a hidden office so she can just shut away her work at the end of the day. 
Bear in mind, you are also not tied to your home either. That doesn't mean your only location will be a coffee shop around the corner. You can take care of your job while traveling, while exploring a new country that you've always wanted to visit. Co-working spaces are good places to meet people, but also to get work done. But you have to be focused and make sure the place you are working in is not full of people pretending to be remote workers. <laughs> in a future episode, we'll talk much more about these spaces and how they can drain your productivity. Number four, wear what you want. Lay in bed in your pyjamas. Sit at your desk in your underwear. The choice is yours what you wear while working. No need to buy a set of clothes for leisure and work. No pressure to wear a suit and tie or even iron your clothes. Many remote workers say that they prefer to wear something that focuses their mind on work. And obviously, <laughs> I would not recommend sitting in your vest and underpants while on a conference call with clients. At the end of the day, you need to look professional to others. Number five, and to be honest, seriously, this is the biggest benefit for me as a remote worker, and that is no daily commute. Every morning, I hated, hated the commute to the office. It was a regular occurrence that the bus did not turn up or the train was full, so you had to wait for the next one. All this while stood in the rain. Yes, it rains a lot in England. Then there's the traffic and getting stuck in it for ages. Commuting, on average, adds at least two hours on your working day. Then there's the cost, the ever-increasing price of bus and train fares, which makes getting to work just oh, an expensive, miserable experience. I am done with commuting to work. Done. In the last episode, I introduced a new segment which seemed to get some really good feedback about the place that I'm in at the time of recording the podcast and gave some prices of cost of living and just what life is like here as a remote worker. And today I am coming to you from Hong Kong, a crazy busy city with a population of 7.5 million people. It's one of the most expensive cities in the world and the cost of accommodation is high. With a small studio apartments about 45 minutes outside of the main tourist area costing you a minimum of £1,000 per month, around $1,300. On this trip I've decided that I didn't want the commute to the touristy areas, the, the hot spots of the city if you want to call it that, so I'm staying in a hotel and the price of this place for 14 nights is £590 around £42 per night. It's very central, it's an amazing location and I've got incredible city views from my window. Food and transport, very affordable though, with a typical noodles or rice dish costing around £2.50, around $3.15 at a canteen style place, not a proper restaurant as I would classify as a restaurant. Getting around on the metro will cost you around 70 pence to £1.50, around $1.90 depending on the distance you are travelling. Internet in my hotel is fine for the work that I do, it's shared though with 25 other rooms but the connection is strong 
and the speeds are around 10 megabytes per second download and 8 megabytes per second upload. Certainly not as fast as my apartment in Taipei which was super super fast. This week though, I've also used a co-working space because I'm currently working on building my website for the business and that cost me £10, about 13 US dollars for a full day pass and that includes obviously internet, desk space, coffee and snacks. So I found this really good value for money and it's not in the centre but it's quite close to where I am so it was really easy to get to no, you know, horrible commutes or anything like that. Hong Kong is not somewhere that I would spend any more than two to four weeks due to the price of accommodation, but it's a great place to check out and it's highly recommended for a remote worker. It's now time for the segment of the podcast that I enjoy the most and that is answering your questions. Carrie asked, what is the biggest factors for stress as a remote worker? Well... I can only really answer this question from my own experiences, but most of the stress is financial. When you lose a contract, it's stressful no matter how many times it happens to you because you get used to that money coming in every month and when it suddenly stops, you start to wonder if you'll find another contract. The same goes for freelancing when work dries up. It can be a very stressful time. If you haven't already listened to episode 3, I highly recommend that you do because it covers how to deal with these scenarios. I can also say from experience that travel can be incredibly stressful and often the issues that you find are out of your control when a flight is delayed or worse still cancelled and you've booked with a low-cost airline who doesn't give a damn about you when you arrive at your hotel or rental accommodation and the internet is not working or the, the photos look nothing like the place that you've booked and there's a construction site next to your window believe me it happens and it's stressful. There are tons of things that can go wrong when you are traveling as a remote worker. So I'll be covering more of these things in the future and giving you solutions for these issues. That's really important as well. When you are stressed, it is important to keep yourself calm. Take a step back and don't make any rash decisions. Don't hope the issue will go away because it won't. Deal with issues head on. Also, make sure that you don't keep your stresses to yourself. Speak to family and friends. It's really good to talk and not keep things to yourself. Keep things bottled up. Just isn't worth it. And it's going to ruin this life that you've built for yourself. And the last thing you want to do is to spend all of your time stressing. It's just going to spoil the experience. The final question today seems to be a little bit trending at the moment. I'm having quite a few people asking me this question and I want to quickly cover it now, but I will be featuring it in a future episode. So you want to become a remote worker, but don't feel that you have the skills to transition from your current job. Firstly, I just want to clarify that remote working is not, I repeat, not just for developers and designers and people who have got technical skills. There's a misconception that you have to have technical skills. And whilst that was true five years ago, it's certainly not the case nowadays. If this is how you are feeling, I have a task for you this weekend. It's time for a brainstorm. Write down 
all of the skills that you have from your current and previous employment. Don't forget the skills that you've built up through hobbies and interests too. Those are just as important. Go through and highlight skills that you can do online with your computer and access to the internet to communicate with customers and clients. Next, go through the list of skills and think if you could do the skill for a company as a freelancer or contractor. Take a look at remote job boards like weworkremotely.com and remoteok.io to see if there are any jobs with your skills currently available. For the skills that you have listed, could you teach these to other people? Online training is a multi-million pound industry and if you have the skills, there are people who are looking to be taught what you know. By the end of the process, you should hopefully have a set of skills that stand out, that you are passionate about creating a business around, either as a freelancer, contractor, or building an online business to sell a product or teach people. I wanted to end today's episode to say that to transition from the 9 to 5 to becoming a remote worker, you have to make sacrifices. I recently watched a video by Gary Vaynerchuk and it reminded me the planning that I went into to quit my job. One of the goals was to drastically reduce my spending because to be honest, it was out of control. I was spending £200 a month on taxes to get to and from work. Mind-blowing, £200 just to get to work every single month. And that was because I was a lazy ass, not going to lie, it's ridiculous. In the next episode, I shall talk about the sacrifices that you will have to make to live the remote life. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please take a moment to review the podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app and share it with anybody you think that would find it useful to help them transition from the nine to five to becoming a remote worker. Have a fantastic weekend and I will talk to you all next Friday. Take care.